Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody as right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking resources. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the Hello and welcome to episode 172 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Keenan Bonner. Keenan, added on late, I won't grill him for not having any homework potentially, but Alex, if you haven't got any, <laughs> there'll be hell to pay. Someone's squeaking around in here, someone's getting antsy. The pod is obviously getting them excited. <laughs> As for today, we have... I can't believe that was on TV. Not much strange news this week, and there's only so much corona news I can uh, go through. So I've got some... I can't believe that was on TV. We'll talk about the world post-rona. Which sports team you would go back to make a documentary about? And then finally, which world records you personally feel that you could beat? So I can't believe that was on TV. First of all, a TV show called Shattered. Ten contestants challenged to go seven days without sleep, and each time someone closed their eyes for longer than ten seconds without leaving the show, one thousand was deducted from the prize pot of a hundred thousand. That's sensational. So you you've People really got mental. to like yeah, you've got to savage like the other people that are there if they're being selfish and they've got uh they're drifting off but they're refusing to leave the show. Okay. What was the final prize pool? Do you know? No, I don't. But I know it didn't run for very long, so I assume it wasn't that. So people can leave the show. Yeah, they can quit. So if they don't quit and their eyes close every now and then, then they're just taking everyone else's prize money and reducing it. I reckon so many so, people would just break. Yeah, it says in a result that shot no one. They all went a bit loopy. With one participant believing himself to be prime minister of Australia. <laughs> and another what? becoming very angry when his housemates refused to put on Japanese armour and play with an imaginary ball <laughs> <laughs> fantastic <laughs> the next one's actually a UK show Flock Stars uh, hosted by Gabby Logan I'm not sure I think this was 2004 so I don't know if this was on an upturn or downturn but they put celebrities <laughs> on there and they had to win the trust of a sheepdog in order to complete the trials in the best time. A sheepdog? Yeah, it says, despite the show's undoubted originality, muddy fields and Wellington boots, this didn't cut it for the audience who quickly stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to sound like that's old. 
uh, one from Russia then. Uh, Bit Bitva Extrasenov translated to the Battle of Extrasensory. Says the reality show, uh, currently in its 16th season, takes self-professed psychics and tests whether they really do know more than they let on. <laughs> so they quiz them about the people in the audience or whatever and see, and they go from round to round to see who can go the furthest. I feel like that's the best That's the best of those three selections. Do you not think it would get tiresome seeing either... It would be freaky if someone's getting it right all the time, but when you, there's only so many times you can laugh at them getting it wrong, surely. Uh, it depends on the answers, but how long can you honestly watch, I don't know, Dale Winton run round after a sheepdog? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's not a great deal of entertainment. Wouldn't take us very long nowadays. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot he was dead. I don't know why he was... <laughs> I'm not sure why he was the first celebrity that popped into my head, but genuinely that was it. I was um, once told I looked like him because of my hair, which I didn't take as a compliment. <laughs> but... it, definitely, it definitely wasn't. Uh, if we had to swap now, maybe. <laughs> Get me in a bit better shape, and then I'll have to work on the rest. Yeah. Okay. So what I've, what I've got next is, um, we've tackled one of them before. I've got the worst ever Fear Factor challenges. Oh, what a show. Yeah. Joe Rogan before he was Joe Rogan. Yeah. So we have uh, first one, meat locker. While trapped in a meat locker, dump your head into a tub of lard to search for a wrench and then clear a ridiculous amount of ice away from a screw, which must then be unscrewed to retrieve a key that will free you from the locker. Jesus. So if it sounds easy enough to you, let's repeat one thing, lard. That'd just in case brutal. anyone thinks it's just a bit of it like apple bobby. <laughs> And you've got to get a wrench. Yeah. You've got to put it over your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> in the That's lard. That's hard enough in itself, let alone without the yeah. lard. <laughs> Some of these get worse as they go on, uh, culminating in the one we've discussed before. So if you don't like spiders, this one, Tarantula Tunnel, um, you'll see the names are pretty self-explanatory as we go on. One contestant is stuck in a pit of ice searching for canisters, while another is trapped in a tunnel with tarantulas and crickets. They say it was worsened when one of the contestants is so incompetent that he just decides to leave the ice pit and kind of calm himself down, meaning that his partner is stuck in the tarantula tunnel, sealed in for over 17 minutes. <laughs> and uh, when uh, this woman like grilled him when uh, she got out, his, his excuse was he was too cold. <laughs> so we need to have a think <laughs> next one uh, sheep's eyes contestants are asked to eat three sheep's eyes but that's not the most horrifying part the most horrifying part is that whilst they do the challenge they're surrounded by sheep they're put in a room filled with sheep and they're just stood in the middle of these sheep's eyes while the sheep are judging them so it's not getting peer pressure or like worrying that they might turn all of a sudden and get aggressive. <laughs> oh, film on there. Was a film the eye. The eye would be looking at me as I'm mad. doing it. It was, wasn't yeah. it? There was a film about sheep that went mad. Was there? I'm sure there was. It was after Eight Legged Freaks. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it was a UK film. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely something that would have been made in this country. Mm. <laughs> does, does anybody remember the film The Men Who Stare at Goats? Yeah. Yeah, George Clooney on it. And Brad Pitt. Yeah. 
Yeah. Black sheep, it was called, by the way. An experiment in genetic engineering turns harmless sheep into bloodthirsty killers that terrorise <laughs> a sprawling New Zealand farm. Oh, wow. It wasn't made here. Um, that <laughs> honestly sounds like one of the worst films <laughs> I saw the other day mentioning George Clooney that he managed to pull Stacey Kubler, Stacey Kubler in her prime and they were engaged. Yep. D- didn't know that. He's think been about, around, yes. Think about a prime Clooney, though. What a boy. Yeah. Doing pieces. Come on, prime Kubler, though, as well. Yeah, it's a fair shout, but... She's only 40 these days. How old is he? 55? Yeah, but I'm thinking, like, when she was in the WWE, she was, like, 18. And 18 seems older when you're younger, but like eight, I, I couldn't be in the same room with an 18 year old bird now for longer than about an hour. It would be it's too a different time, Luke. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, like you think <laughs> you think of these people as being like adults when that's like an 18 year old bird going on TV with her parents watching her do all sorts. Have a word with DiCaprio if you're worried about this. DiCaprio. I've been mentioning my kind of trip through the WWE in the last couple of weeks and I thought the other day like how has it never been pulled up with um, like Jerry Lawler being like incredibly sexist through the years <laughs> like I was watching <laughs> on Sunday and Lita's mouth was bleeding and he was like if she needs oral help I'm the man to call <laughs> and all kinds of just and him just yelling puppies out every like 30 seconds <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if I'm misremembering, I'm sure he always said puppies. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't hurt the puppies. I was looking and they asked him about this in like 2017, like whether he cringes now looking back that people might think he's like this disgusting sexist. And this was like when the Me Too movement started and he just went on this like tirade on his own podcast that he released, by the way. So <laughs> it's not like he was caught out. And he's like ranting saying, you see, these things happen. He was like... Nowadays, everyone's everyone's called a predator. And it's like, it's just, he was like, look, he was like, I've been on a coach with WWE superstars countless times. Someone falls asleep, you put your genitals on their head, and you take a picture. It was like ten years from now, people will see that picture and they'll say, "What a monster!" But it was just a joke back in the day. So this is really unnecessarily detailed. <laughs> And his co-host says, like, no, we're talking about like women who were abused um, by men in power who woke up with things happening. And he just blows a raspberry and he's like, you won't fool me, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a re- there's a reason they call him the king. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it, it wasn't uh, a character back then. He was just all in. He was the only one not acting. He thought he was a bit of <laughs> he, he says on there, he was like, look, my favourite quote back in the day was that panties aren't the best thing in the world, they're just next to the best thing. <laughs> I wouldn't get away with that. Oh, I mean, he what? is right. The general language of stuff back then was different. You could speak differently, but as a, when it comes to sticking your genitals in people's face, I don't know if that was ever <laughs> really the dumb thing. He, he, he says on there, he's like, you ask anyone who was around for the Attitude Era, they'll tell you it was the best time of their lives watching wrestling. They want it back. And nowadays, you'd tell me that's all wrong. It's not yeah. to argue with. Yeah, I mean, there's a South Park episode, though, what he's on about there. Where Car- have you not seen where Cartman thinks it makes Butters gay because he takes a picture with <laughs> Butters yeah. dick in his yeah. 
<laughs> and then he has to run around because he <laughs> realises it's the other way around. <laughs> well, actually, I don't think either party is particularly like one's gay and one's straight, but that's how the episode goes. <laughs> yeah. Next one up, then. Buffalo Balls, another one that's that's what it says on the tin. Nope. While the idea of consuming testicles of any kind is sufficiently gag-worthy, Fear Factor once again outdid itself by ensuring the testicles served up to its poor, poor contestants are that of a buffalo, who, if you have not seen one before, are packing serious heat. <laughs> the author's words, not mine. Furthermore, the process of eating buffaloes in particular is quite involved, requiring the contestants to peel them before consuming them. <laughs> this one made me squirm as much as any of the others. Bloody Mary. The challenge here is that contestants have to dunk themselves again, headfirst, into a tank of cow's blood to bob for rings hidden at the bottom. There are about 13 of them. Oh, that's thick. Oh, they come oh. out looking like a scene from Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, that, that is not easy. Is that even Yeah. Isn't that like safe to... Isn't that safe to even do? Because, like, say yeah. if you take a gulp of yeah, it... Yeah, goggles on. <laughs> yeah, but if you take a gulp of it, I don't know. I feel that's risky. I think that's the best. That's the best of them so far. This is why you want a well done steak. You don't want any of that blood. Stay no. away. Are you a well done steak man? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. I want to turn my nose up to a bit of mayo on the side, either. Oh, oh my god. god. It's not even a steak when it's well done. God, it was medium rare. The worst of that was um, me and Keenan did uh, that steak challenge together, the one that was at the Hungry Horse. (laughs) We were were the only two that actually ate it. He asked for pudding after, which I wasn't ready for. I also ate ate some Atos Burrito as well. Yeah. (laughs) But that, I had mine well done and I thought it was a steak I could taste. My mouth was bleeding, chewing it up after that long, and that's what I could taste <laughs> over the steak. Jesus. Also, there was that much meat, I couldn't poo for about a week afterwards. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, it was horrendous. Imagine if that all tried to come out as one. Jesus. Christ. No, if you'd seen the size of the steak. <laughs> only when we finished it and we thought we had a prize, and then you, you didn't have a prize or anything. No, you just have to pay an extortionate amount <laughs> for the money. Do you know who got a ball or anything? No, no. they they had two they had two challenges. One was one was forty ounces and one was sixty ounces. If you if you did the sixty ounce one within whatever the time scale was, then you got your photo on the wall. Unbeknown to us, we just we did the forty ounce one, so basically you're just paying to eat an extort like an exuberant <laughs> amount of meat. And it was just it was pointless because like he says, you just feel bad. Felt bad for about four days afterwards. There was like six of us that went, and then considering we were there for the steak, like two or three of them didn't even have a steak. (laughs) Well, it's not going to be nice if it's that big. Like, we were going there for like a cultured piece of meat. Yeah. No, exactly. It wasn't, it was never going to be, it was never going to be sort of river, like filet mignon or anything like that. It was just, (laughs) it it was just get it out and, yeah. Yeah, we got uh, worm teenies. Worm teeny is literally just a few different worms in a martini glass, 
but contestants are required to eat them all to advance to the next round, a feat easier said than done, considering the worms are still writhing around in shit. These are all like early season fear factor, like before they ultimately went too far. (laughs) I'm not sure these are much... These are much better than the ones that ended up getting taken off air, to be honest. This I've... this one will make you squirm. Oh. Uh, actually, after what we've seen with um, the girl in Uncut Gems, then maybe not. But this one was called Milking the Goat. <laughs> to start, contestants had to suck milk from a goat's udder and spit it into a glass until it was filled to the top. Once the glass was full, the contestant then had to drink that milk, meaning it was a combination of the goat's udder and their own spit, so... (laughs) (laughs) Have any of you ever had goat's milk before? Like, the store-bought stuff? Uh, No. Don't recommend it. (laughs) Did you milk the goat yourself? No, I did not. I remember remember when I was a kid, I got given it, like, you know, when you, you know, you're mum goes rogue and decides we're going to try something different for a week when you're when you're a kid well she decided that we were she was going to give the whole goats thing a go instead of cow's milk for a week and it lasted about a day before there was a revolt so yeah just well, we not recommended spam fritters so maybe a bit more cultured than goat's milk spam fritters wow that when spam was a thing surprised you haven't gone vegan yet no definitely not <laughs> We've got two left. Lads so drank worse in a pint than all that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. First one, if you let me finish this one before you get an idea. So this one was called Throaty. Um, <laughs> there's team challenges can get tough. In this season seven instalment, one, one team member had to sit in a bathtub full of leeches. Some were in tears as these creatures crawled all over their skin. Their partners had it worse because their goal was to suck the leeches off of their partner. Once they sucked the leeches out, they had to eat them. It says the gross moment that caused this to rank so highly is that one of the leeches latched onto someone's throat. It caused him to cough up the leech along with a fair amount of blood into a bucket. Oh. Did his partner have to take it down? I think this was the one that he'd already sucked off someone and then oh, it just clung onto his throat. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, oh, no, I was picturing that on the outside in the guy who was... Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, I was going to say, like, I was going to say, don't leeches have teeth? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't de-teeth leeches because they're so bloody small. But bloody I think hell. that's also part of the challenge was the fact that I kind of just well, went out of wind. You slugs, otherwise. Yeah, I was oh. just going like a general fear thing, like a, for a general health and safety thing. There, like in terms of if you have a number of leeches on you and they all latch on and they start to suck. Surely you're going to lose blood pretty quickly. Yeah, it's not enough to kill you. The last one, then we spoke about it on one of our first episodes, I think. Hee-haw. Uh, so this was the episode that never made it to air and eventually took them off the air. Um, contestants tossed horseshoes and whatever number the horseshoe landed on was the number of ounces of donkey urine or donkey semen they had to drink. <laughs> NBC scrapped the episode, but it exists online. So this is the only, that's the only thing I ever, other than the fact that Joe Rogan presented, that's the only thing I know about Fear Factor. He spoke about it on one of the like um, 
on one of Episodes his posts of his podcast. Yeah, yeah, that was the first thing that I didn't even know that he presented Fear, Fear Factor before they started talking about, it. and then he was just talking about the the semen, and he was just well, like, I saw yeah, one. <laughs> I saw him recently where Joey Diaz says, if you think it's weird that like people know Joe Rogan as the fear factor guy and yeah. what he's gone on to do, he's like, if you think how much weirder it's going to be for kids that stumble upon fear factor and they're like, why is Joe Rogan, the podcast UFC guy <laughs> doing that? That's a good point. Have you ever seen? So they're going to have it weirder. Yeah, there's a clip of um, there's a clip of some lad trying to start a row with him on Fear Factor as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Joe Joe Rogan just sort just sort of stands there, and the lad eventually just shits himself and walks off away from the group, <laughs> and just le- he leaves the show. Um, <laughs> he just ends up leaving and walking away. Yeah, Rogan done for bullies, the rest doesn't of it. Yeah, just tries like, to it to him, and he's just no, not having it. And then eventually the bloke ended up just leaving the show, and I think that's. From what you know about Joe Rogan, I think that's the safest outcome for you. I don't want the money. Well, he he um, when they had the um, like machine on the U in the UFC's um, what it's called, like their performance uh, center. Yeah. He his kick was harder than Francis Ngannou's punch, mm-hmm. which show and um, if you saw Ngannou, he's, he's the one big, you've probably seen his KO of. Alistair Overeem, where it looks like he's going to take his head off with the punch. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. So, there's that. Anyway, we move on. What do you think the biggest changes to the world are going to be post-corona? Uh, well, everybody's going to jump on the... Uh, everybody's going to jump on the uh, throwing money into... Uh, well, have you all seen that film that's doing the rounds on Netflix? Um, pandemic? No. Uh, oh, Contagion. What? Contagion. Yeah. Everybody's going to be piling money into the. Oh, we need a super super ridiculous response team because we didn't do it. So it's going to be effectively everybody's going to want to throw money's behind the medical antivirus equivalent of the Avengers. I think that's to be fair, <laughs> I think our standard response team would have been all right if they'd used it. <laughs> Rather than have a couple of holidays first. Nobody called Matt Damon. That was the problem. No, no, no. Yeah, that is true. Matt Damon was not called, and he would have saved the day. I'm talking more about a, like a like a, a UN controlled sort of team or unit that will effectively go in there like a like an armed force to secure the situation or something like that. I, mean, I don't know. Start shooting they, at the virus. Yeah. Nobody's the tried America, it yet. The American approach. Thinking- that something's going to come from it because I've never had so many junk emails from Bitcoin since this has started. <laughs> yeah, saying, yeah. Now is the time to invest. If I'm low on cash, I'm not suddenly going to start investing in Bitcoin just because of a couple of viral stories. But 50 Cent asked we paid for this album in Bitcoin. Now here's what it's worth. <laughs> but none of these people have actually tried like withdrawing, claiming the money from the Bitcoin. They're just being told what it's worth. This yeah. could be, it could be the end of it. Could bring about the end of cash yeah, yeah that would be the thing i i mean I, I only use cash if i have to yeah i prefer if i have cash i prefer using it but i just just the inconvenience of going to get it honestly imagine how much more dangerous a night out is going to be luckily i'll be safe but if you can't withdraw <laughs> cash before so know how much you're going to be spending mm, yeah so you ah. strictly got contactless because they've increased ah. the contactless limit now as well 
Apple pays the dangerous one on a night out because you don't even need to get your card out of your wallet. You just two taps <laughs> on your phone and it's done. Deadly. I'll tell you one way the world's going to be significantly different. You're going to no longer have Liverpool fans talking about all the titles they did win and trying to claim about the title that they think they did win fairly. That's going to be a significant change. I said this, uh, we, we, me and me and Luke talked, we had talked about this the other week, and I said oh, honestly, I'd rather, oh, I'd rather the season be cancelled than than to to gift the title to Liverpool. I don't want to win it with an ast- I don't want Liverpool to win it with an asterisk next to it. I want no to Liverpool games. fan does. I, I, I don't know who these Liverpool fans are that people are claiming want to win the league like that. There's no. literally not a single one. No, of course you don't, because it's just they're. The, the ridic like the ridicule and the banner, and just the fact that you haven't you haven't actually won it have you? it's been given to you whereas if you I'm, play 38 games and you win it then you've won it I'm not sure why you're getting that from the Spurs fan though would be my main question <laughs> oh, I didn't actually know he's, I didn't I honestly just assumed as soon as left his mouth he was a United fan um, that, that was my first guess if you hey, had a conversation about 10 years ago you'd have been right yeah. Well, the, uh, with the uh, with the, the way that Tottenham season went, I mean, I haven't really got much left in the locker apart from to just ha- try and bring other people down with me and burn as much as I can on the way. Basically, <laughs> not Liverpool not winning league has become a trophy for people. It's basically, ba- basically, I'll call it the Joey Barton approach when he got sent off against Man City in the uh, right everyone down. It's just yeah. like, yeah, just take just take one of them with you. Just take as many <laughs> of them as you can. <laughs> yeah, our season review is going to be. Uh... That player for Frankfurt scoring the hat trick to get Emery sacked. Emery being sacked. Watford beating Liverpool, <laughs> and then it just ends. <laughs> Watford beating is, Liverpool. Oh, God, that was fact, a that's the last reason. game of football <laughs> Liverpool have played. That the way that football's just ended after that. <laughs> Symbolic. Is just harsh. Uh, yeah. But, have another chance to get, get it out of their system. <laughs> no, I was, stood out, I was stood outside somewhere. I was stood outside a sports bar in Bristol as the third goal went in and was honestly contemplating just walking back to Cheltenham. <laughs> I didn't even bother watching the game because I just assumed what was going to happen. And usually if I turn it on at 1-0, it's, it's even worse because you you know there's something there. You give, that Don't give me hope, like Hawkeye in Endgame. So don't do that. Don't give me hope. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think everybody's going to be feel a lot less safe moving forward. Like you watch the net. Like somebody, any sort of like anybody gets ill in the office for the next two years, or anybody like any sort of whiff of anything like this happening in the world, everybody's going to be literally like backs up, super defensive. The word lockdown is going to come out, and it's just going to be. It's just going to be, everybody's going to be anxious. There's going to be an era of anxiety moving forward. Let's end handshakes. The 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 people that think it's like a power struggle where they have to shake your hand harder than you're going to shake their hand, like a sign of dominance. It is a sign of dominance. It's a decent well, handshake. I'm not surprised that you would think that, but I've never shaken <laughs> someone's hand and judged them by their handshake. I bet you've got a flimsy handshake, haven't you, Luke? Yeah. Well, I try to avoid shaking hands. A limp one. <laughs> it's kind of like it's there, but it's like you know, I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> it's a curse. He, he, he takes he takes hold, but you know that you know that 
that awkward person that sort of comes in from a top angle, but then you only sort of get hold of their fingers. It like no they palm fully, in there. They don't, yeah, they don't fully grasp. They just like yeah, they, they they worm out of it somehow. It doesn't. You don't feel like you went into the handshake, and you don't you don't feel like you left the handshake like it was a handshake. You don't you don't you don't leave it. You don't leave thinking you've had a handshake. I've I had the thing that you had from the phone advert uh, a couple of years back, where someone went to kind of give me like a safe as we were saying goodbye, and I went to the handshake <laughs> of their outstretched fist. I just had to like overly laugh it off. <laughs> that was the thing about handshake. There's no ambiguity about it. If you can handshake, you know what you're doing. There's no hugging or anything like that, like some people do. We'd not go in and kiss on each cheek like the French. We're straight down the middle. Now yeah. people are going to be all over the place. Not what we're going to do. We're going to touch elbows. What? Boxing, boxing, like touch gloves, but without the gloves. I did like the. Was it Klopp and Simeone that did the elbow? They they made it look cool, to be fair to them. Yeah. I, have oh, to I like that. I hate the elbow. I'd rather just a silent nod than have to do the elbow. Just The nod is perfect. Yeah. Oh, if, if everybody would abide by the nod, we'd if, be fine, wouldn't we? But people are touchy-feely. Handshake's top choice, but outside of that, I'll just take a nod. I don't need anything else. I, I certainly don't want this elbow nonsense. <laughs> I remember seeing a, a tweet before saying that ginger people all give each other the nods, and I don't know if that's a real thing or not. <laughs> I didn't get the memo if so. <laughs> <laughs> like we're all fucking bus drivers or something. <laughs> We've all adopted like the, the white person smile on the way past, like that. Okay, I, yeah. Eyebrows just lift ever so slightly, and then yeah. then you're away. You raise yeah. your head a bit. Yeah, exactly. Your dog. That's just just your standard, isn't it? So I guess it's supposed to be uh, black people acknowledging each other with the nods and gingers have gone into that bracket instead. Well, maybe they have. I've just been outcast. I don't know. (laughs) What happened when Troy first came on the podcast? There was a nod. Was there a connection there immediately? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe there was. It was good team chemistry there, so maybe this, maybe it is. And then both of you secretly resent Harper for trying to turn his back on the team. I think, <laughs> I think it's just uh, the state of denial is a bit upsetting, isn't it? That's all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's for his good, not ours. I'm, look, you can do what you want, but it's not good yeah, for you. I don't know how other ginger people feel, but I give it a lot of shake of my head when I see them try to dye their hair blonde because it's never fooling anyone oh no you, you're never getting away with that skin complexion you're just not you've been so, dealt the hand you've been dealt I'm afraid I mean speaking of going blonde Alex can you understand why anyone would <laughs> we'll move hey, there's on been, we'll move there's, on. Been, there's been plenty of photographic evidence since to prove that I have not gone blonde so uh, but talking of haircuts I've, I've bit in the bullet and after after six no eight yeah after eight weeks because i was due a haircut right about when this lockdown started desperately anyway and i've been caught out i've decided to go give the trim a go this the home trim a go 
tried to go with, tried to just sort of level out the sides. It, it's just effectively, you know, it just looked like a, a shit, a shit Thomas Shelby, like where he's got just literally I one. I think a lot of people one, are going to be rocking that. Uh, one I don't want to hear st- you talking about sh- a haircut at home if you've not shaved it off. No, I can't I think shave it makes it off. a mockery of the rest of us. I can't pull off the bold look. You'd look gaunt. You'd look like you, you, you've had issues with the weight. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be actually better if you've been out in the sun and then you have like a tan up to where your hair would be. If I do go out in the summer, then I'll get the tan lines where my glasses are. It just leaves a little line on the side of my face. AJ would end up with a head like a fucking total 90s football boot. <laughs> it, is, it is cracking me up at work at the moment because it's like... It is like you the, should be working like, from home. And I don't know why you're not. You're still in danger. I'm an essential worker. So, uh, so uh, just... You're not just doing it at home? No, I need to be in. I need to oversee the manufacturer. So, you know... Need to grow to... up, Luke. Yeah. Hey, ventilator. Take in ventilators. Anyway, back on to what I'm saying. Back on what I said. It it looks like it looks like the workforce has been like compulsory shaved at work at the moment. The amount of they've just gone for the skinhead. It's amazing the amount of them that now look slightly related as well. It's it's quite funny working up onto the shop floor. It's like some poetarian regime. I've just opted (laughs) to grow my tash. But we'll move on. Because I do have, if we can sound the klaxons, my big announcement, which leads us into our next subject. As of today, I have formally submitted an application to compete for a Guinness World Record. (laughs) (laughs) I plan to carry this out on the first podcast back when we can do it in person. How exciting. I can post a screenshot in the chat of them acknowledging my application <laughs> for the most filio fish confer- consumed within three minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. What's the, is it a blank record or have you got, so this is the thing. Yeah. So there's like an unofficial record, but there's no official record of it on the Guinness site. So I'm appealing for a record to be put in. They'll acknowledge the application within a maximum of 16 weeks. Um, they've asked me whether I was trying to promote a product, whether there's a group present, whether I'm doing it as a live show, whether all sorts of these things. And then what they'll come do is they'll come back and they'll probably, what they say is give a target for what they think is enough to make it a record. So I can't just eat one and then send me a certificate to say, Here's the record. But when I was looking unofficially, there's someone who did um, 10 in eight minutes, I think it was, which which is, I don't think is very good. But the world records, they'll only take time periods of one minute, three minutes or an hour. (laughs) So an hour, look, I can keep going, but it's going to cost a fortune. And if you don't beat the record, then that is brutal. It might cost you life. Yeah, three minutes is enough time for yeah. you to get a good number in. So I think I'd give it a practice run, 
to see kind of where my limit is and then order two or three more than that ready for the moment of truth. How many do you reckon you could get down in three minutes? I think eight at least. Behave. Bloody hell. I think I can do a filler fish in, in two bites which is probably like the one, the one, two, like the double bite. The issue is whether I get the hiccups from the bread. Because I do get yeah. hiccups quite easily. So oh, I'll bread. have to just make sure I can time my breathing. So it really will be a complex <laughs> manoeuvre. But look, if I have, if I have a spitballing t-shirt on, we do the record, then we do it. And my thinking is, oh, so I did ask you all to come today with a record you feel you could beat. So I thought we could actually all apply to try and beat these records and do them in consecutive weeks. Of all the records you choose, like trying to go for a Philly of uh, Fish uh, world record is kind of like the Europa League of the world records. I mean, you've, you've gone over chicken nuggets and you've gone over Big Macs you and you've gone I See, I think it's genius because he's found something where there is no record. So, I mean, if he eats four, they might just give it to him by default. Well, so he might, might only hold the record for 24 hours, but he's already done it. Like the, neck, the record for Nuggets is something stupid. It's like four well, or something. Nobody, nobody won the Asia Cup until Tottenham did, but we don't, you know, we're not shouting about it. Look, I mean, me and, it, it does actually feature in your trophy cabinet. So yeah. I'm <laughs> showing about it somewhere. <laughs> me and Rory were looking yesterday at uh, records that we potentially feel we could beat. And we did look at the Chicken Nuggets. Now, what do you think the record is for eating 100 chicken nuggets in one sitting? Uh, what, in terms of, so 100 chicken nuggets oh. and the fastest time? Yeah. Or, I reckon, I reckon it's something frightening, like 10 minutes. 4 minutes, 44 seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> That's an 284 seconds. That is a nugget. That's less than that's another less than every three seconds. Yeah. The next <laughs> thing, me and Rory did actually look at um, what the longest podcast ever is, <laughs> um, and it's it's thirty six hours nonstop, which oh, is doable. And Rory said he is willing to um, give up an hour of his time. To be fair, a podcast of 36 hours does not seem that bad, considering some of the things that people are doing in this lockdown at the moment. Like, you know, marathons in back gardens, double Everesting on Zwift thing that I was on about the other day. And like, you know, just, you know, talking away for 36 hours or so. Uh, is there like rules and stuff in terms of like holding a conversation for like... I, I don't know. I don't. I think you can rotate the guests as long as there's a constant and it's a constant feed. No, okay. I think that would be, be the thing, wouldn't it? It's like effectively you want to try and get 36 guests. Or 30 well, I have my internet cut out. Christ. Oh, imagine if you got to, imagine literally you got to within a quarter of the record and that, that, that happened. That would be heart wrenching. Well, Steve, ha- Steve did his, um, his Twitch stream that he was doing for charity and um, 21 hours in, his uh, internet cut out. And I said he should have to start again. But. <laughs> He said because he was filming for 24 hours, then it was fine. With the podcast, I know you're not sure, but if, if there's got to be one consistent person for 36 hours, that's a marathon for them. Whereas if you I can could dr- do that, if you could drop in five or seven or eight different guests and it will do different two hour spots, 
um, you'd be okay. Imagine I was how also little listening. sense you'd be making on like 30 hours. You'd yeah. just be like saying stuff like, this doesn't even make sense, dude. What are you talking about? I think we'd have to um, just have like a marathon of those films that we've spoken about on the podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, TK, if the, the people have to be constant, I think we've got this in the locker next bank holiday. We'll just, like, for the 100th one, where we had the rolling guest. Yeah. We'll get them coming in. I'll keep us fresh. Well, the first thing I looked at was what the if there was any football manager world records. Um, and the longest single <laughs> game of football manager is um, 333 years. You've already got that record, though, so you've got to look at something else. This is on a single save game. Fucking hell. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that not just going on holiday for a week? Like, just, just I'd, leaving the laptop? I'd assume the parameters would be maybe that you can't go on holiday, which would be mental, because what, like in the middle of the season, there's only so much you can do between between games. Is it, Does it show you how long... Is it, can you check how long your manager's been on holiday for? Yeah, you can. Okay. Um, if it's... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It used to take me... Christ, it used to take me about a day to play a season. So I don't know how anyone's gone through. 333 years. Imagine that 300 years ago, there's this player called Paul Scholes. You should have seen <laughs> the things he could do, honestly. <laughs> I'm going to see now if I can bring up how much I've played Football Manager 24 because I've not looked this year. This is going to be a scary start. I, yeah, last year's one was quite disgraceful. <laughs> Do you reckon, so when, did, when did it come out? October? Um, September, I think. So it might, it might be October. You've easily broken, it. you would have easily broken the 100 hour mark. I think you might have, touched, might have done that before Christmas. You reckon I've broken 100 hours? Surely. For sure. Yeah, um, yeah. no, I was just doing the bait and switch. 1,101 <laughs> hours so far. Did you say 1,000? <laughs> yeah, one one thousand one hundred and one hours so far. <laughs> the thing hell. is, the thing is though, is like you, it, it's amazing the pockets of time that you can find for things like video games and like TV series. Alex, I'm not like, finding pockets of time. It's fifty days. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is like it's sort of like people who say oh, I won't have time to watch this TV series and then you like you whack it on and you realise like you know you, sort of, you get uh, what, you, you whack mean, it like, on and you not finding out, like, the time yeah. to prepare for a podcast <laughs> uh, that's different though isn't it I, oh, you know, oh, okay. I allocate time to prepare for it and if that's taken away from me then I can't replace it yeah, also, football also football manager 19 um, yeah, I we don't get much more than, uh, well, we get less than 12 hours notice these days. Well, there's not, no sports. There's no sports. What am I giving you? <laughs> it should be easy then. You shouldn't have to wait for anything to happen during the week. You should, it should be, it should be easy. Football manager 19, I had just under 2,500 hours. With this lockdown, you're on course to beat that, surely. I've not, I don't think I've played it as much. But I am, I'm on a new save at the moment, so it's how long that can keep me entertained before I change to a new team. What's the, uh, what's the current campaign? Arsenal, but I've given them Fabregas in his prime 
Uh, I've given him a 21-year-old Fabregas to see whether I can guide him to be the star that uh, he goes on to be. I've also tied him to a long-term contract, so no issue there. Anyone else? What what records uh, are you all going to take on? Quite an applicable one is doing it yours. Go on. Fastest time to place 24 cans in a fridge. (laughs) (laughs) 9.76 seconds. I reckon I got this. I reckon I've got this. I've got some other ones. Uh, Alex, I might have one for you or Keenan. Um, fastest consumption of a jam donut with no hands. Um, eleven point four one seconds. Now that's beatable for me. I've I've got that. That's that's like that's. I don't. Even, I'm not even sure that's a challenge. And he didn't even <laughs> lick his lips once. That's oh, you know, if you're not allowed to do that, yeah, that's fine. That's that's easy. You're, you're allowed to lick your lips. He just chose not to, obviously. Oh, um, I've, I, I think I, I think I break that easily. The longest continual um, TV marathon um, was 94 straight hours, and he had to uh, be watching a TV at all times, so he had to find a way to go to the toilet whilst he was watching TV. Jesus, you don't want to be uh, doing that one with me if, uh, if it was doing a joint effort. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, How, there's a record a for the fastest Mr. Potato Head ever put together. 6.62 seconds. That, that is quick. What goes in? What goes What about what goes into? Look, they reject my Philia Fish record and they have the quickest Mr. Potato Head put together. There's issues. <laughs> I'm now so, convinced. I'm now convinced I can break the world record for the jam donut. How, how long? Was, how long well, was it? Um, eleven eleven point four four seconds, I think it was. For one jam donut without hands. Yeah, that's doable. Easy. Look, Keenan, if you want to have our attempts on the same day, or we'll have them a week apart. Yeah, then we will put you in for this record. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually convinced. I'll need a, like give me a couple of practice ones just to make sure yeah, I'm exactly. not embarrass myself. But we'll get you some goggles because we don't want sugar in the eyes being the game I'm also, changer. I'm also worried about em- embarrassing myself when my attempt is essentially just to inhale a, gym, a jam donut. <laughs> <laughs> I realised as I said it, what, what, what a stupid thing. Um, <laughs> Do you know those people that can like down a pint, like they literally tip it up and it's gone. Like if you were yeah. just like a Hoover above the jam donut, <laughs> it just goes in in one. So I'm convinced. Uh, Rory sent me an interesting one that I, I will, I don't think I'll ever attempt, but uh, it's the longest continual poker session. Uh, a guy called Phil Locke played for 115 hours. Fuck out. Right. I think that'd be fun to have a go at. I think my longest, my longest time playing is, uh, my longest time playing is about 10, 11 hours, which isn't even, like when you speak to people who play poker, it's not even that long. It's just, just like an average day. Um, but 115 hours, I think, is the world record. I suggested to him the debate yesterday about, um, poker being a game of luck and not skill and he said it was the most annoyed he'd been in some time 
because it had been brought yeah, up I... to him a few days before as well. I knew he wouldn't <laughs> take that well. I said, we'll, you, I said we'll do a podcast. Like I said, with the sole case of making the argument, like one of us, I assume me, is in the corner of luck, but not strictly luck. So say there's like a seesaw, which way it would lean towards more, being luck or skill? Skill. Over in any... So it's, it's a strange one because it's objective and subjective. Objectively, it's a game of skill. But subjectively, as like a microcosm of any one given hand, then yes, there is there is a lot of luck involved. But over the course of a game, skill will show itself. We'll see when I record another W this evening. Right, I'd be shocked. I say a good. I've won two games this weekend. You joke. (laughs) I know you text me really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Look, once I've got in the swing of things now. Game changer, win one <laughs> I want. I've got a, uh, I've got a good um, uh, world record that you could all. Yeah, it would take, it would take a bit of. Uh, we want one that you can beat. Yeah, well, everybody, everybody could have a go at this. Uh, you've got the hill next to it to generate the momentum to give it a go. But does anybody remember? Anybody had a go at a slip and slide before? You know what they yeah, are? Clarify this. You know what a slip and slide <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want to know what slip and slide is, yeah. Might be a different world record. <laughs> yeah, so the, basically the longest slip and slide that you can do. So, you know, we can set it up on the old cheese, roll, cheese rolls and hill to get the momentum. If you put a slip and slide on the cheese roll, <laughs> you'd probably make it to Barnwood. Well, considering <laughs> the world record's only 611.7 metres at the moment, which isn't um, that much, I reckon, you know. So why clear that would you with, choose a sloped area and not just a big park? Well, with the cheese roll, with the cheese roll hill, you could easily clear a K. And, you know, we, we're trying to set the world record so it can't be broken. We're not trying to, we're not trying to, you know, set a nice little marker hey, for somebody else to go I'm at. I'm tackling the fillet of fish. I'll go up there with you if you want to attempt this. Cheeky can catch <laughs> you at the bottom. <laughs> Let's make you do the fillet of fish first and have you go down. Let's see what the end result is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite excited to be there. I'm really hoped for that. Actually, I hope they come they, back. Um, the the amount of like things you have to tick before um, you send the application in, and one of them is that they guarantee if you beat the record to send you a certificate, but they don't guarantee they'll put it in an edition of the book because they have so many records. I think the fillet of fish would earn its way into the book for me. I think it would have the to. certificate would be enough for me to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Is there a McDonald's record currently in there? There must be. Chicken well, nuggets must be. Must yeah, be but in I have oh, yeah. There's a. Is there not a whole? There's a whole section on food and stuff. Is there not McDonald's? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Must, that, that's why they them. changed the rules. So they they changed it so it was only um, one minute, three minutes, and an hour. So people couldn't just do like, how much can I eat? <laughs> with no like upper echelon for people to just go like insane <laughs> so I assume more people have died trying to do a record than what they like to let on what, what, what a way to go out though right, if I can go I out people treat it like Facebook people do about uh, the corona in China if I died doing the filet fish record Guinness <laughs> haven't been giving us the real numbers <laughs> You know what they're like. 
How many others have gone like this? Can we relate it to the 5G conspiracy as well? <laughs> I would say that seen as Sean and Harper aren't on, that we can pick which records they have to attempt. Oh, yeah, that's fair game. Fair enough. I mean, Alex, until you come up with another suggestion, it does look like you're doing a slip and slide, so <laughs> hey, you well, might want to have a look. I'm well acquitted with hospitals, so, you know, it was always going to make a return Sunday. <laughs> you're like a longest jog on the spot or something. Longest jog on the spot. That's not a problem. I can give that a go. What Most about injuries uh, sustained in triathlon training. Alex Jones <laughs> nailed. Yeah, staying on a bike for a certain amount of time seems like it could be quite a challenge <laughs> if... Uh, I could give I could give an extreme distance challenge a go, or um, uh, uh, or like a I could give a an extreme swimming one a go. Longest, let's go. I wonder what the record is for the longest distance done in a swimming pool before. I wonder what that is. Let's have a, let's have a you quick might move. struggle to do that on a Monday podcast, and the only issue, so we'd have to get you some football <laughs> and pod speedos or something. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to chuck a little paddling pool out in Brockworth and see how long you can go. Anyone else have anything to chuck in before we continue onwards? No, no, I, I'm, I'm quite set on this jam donut, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, longest, is that... Go on. This continuous swim in a swimming pool is 24 hours and one minute. Some troll out there has done the 24 hour record and then has done, somebody's gone to done 24 hours and one minute. That's a troll. You don't, you don't, you don't beat a record by a minute. No, I I can only, I can only think you're right. There's got to have been somebody who knew the record was there, and they've just shouted uh-huh. him on his twenty-four and one, and he's like, right, I'm done. <laughs> if Sean or Harper haven't seen the Dirty Sanchez movie, then we can do the paintball trick on them. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have an easier job getting Jack to sign up, I think, than Sean. But maybe if we could get like a group effort. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to. I, the fillet fish is the one I'm interested in for now, <laughs> just because it doesn't, it doesn't seem to exist. I can't find it, so I want to know what constitutes a record. But like if well, I if, see. If, if I do it a week before you, if I do it a week before you and just eat free, does that mean I hold <laughs> the record for a week? Well, you have to submit the application, and then they do say that they don't have to acknowledge it if it wasn't, if the application wasn't placed first. Okay, so if you've already done yours, they can just ignore my attempt for now yeah. until you've done yours. Yeah, that's, that's a crying shame. Just would have been amazing just just to try and snake you. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone watched the Last Dance yet? The first two episodes. I've seen the first episode. Okay, so you you get the you get the picture. Yes. What what what's this? Sorry. It's a documentary on um, the last championship that uh, the Chicago Bulls won. But it no. kind of goes back to the start of Jordan and that as well. Do you no. know the, the, the background story about why this is coming out now, TK? Why it's taken this long? Uh, I was listening to someone talk about it um, just a couple of days ago, but I think they might have been making a, a different sort of case for it. So tell me it's, what you think. Um, much of that. So... They wanted to make it for ages, but Jordan has his own image rights, so they couldn't get by. And I guess they 
knew it wasn't much point making a documentary about the Bulls without Jordan being able to be in it or involved in it. Yeah. And they would ask him, like, continuously, since they agreed to have the cameras there, whether they could finally make this documentary or not. And he just kept refusing and pushing it away until the day that uh, LeBron won the championship for Cleveland. And on that day, he confirmed, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like, yeah, this guy there was basically people. saying he was sick of LeBron getting the line. Like, that was basically the case he was making. Yeah, it was on the, was on the day that they won the championship. That's so it must mad. be like, later night as well. <laughs> like, look, let's do this. He's had a couple of drinks. He's called him up said, fuck this. We're blowing it up. He he's actually a, a very good storyteller. Yeah, well, yeah. Because definitely. of what you see from him now, I thought he would be quite dull. No, no, he's he's a good talker, isn't he? Yeah, but I thought just like he just seems like tired of everything now. Like he just wants his cigars and a quiet and, and the, the Hornets to do a bit better. <laughs> but there's there's a clip from uh, next week's episode talking about uh, Dennis Rodman which is the episode I'm most looking forward to. Oh, sure. And him saying in the middle of the season that um, he needs a holiday. <laughs> but just the way he's explaining it, because Rodman said he wants a, a trip to Vegas to clear his mind before they carry on with the season. And the way he's telling it, and it's good because they do... I think you saw it on the episode one. Is that the one where they show his mum reading a letter that he sent him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they kind of have that where they are showing each other's reactions to the story as each individual person's telling it. So it, it looks really cool next week. The thing with but, him, yeah, go on. Sorry, the thing with him was I thought in that first one he's come across all right. But so I was listening to uh, Skip Bayless the other day was saying that. Uh, Jordan's worried that he's going to come across like badly in this. I was thinking, yeah, is anybody under the illusion that he's like some lovely fella anyway? I think everybody <laughs> kind of has an idea what he's like, surely. Yeah, he everyone. said he was like, after everyone sees his documentary, they're going to think I'm an asshole. Yeah, everyone knows he's an asshole. Everyone knows that's yeah, the sort of the, the sort of the price he was paying to be sort of the winner in that, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he that's... says in one of the episodes that um, he bought Scotty Pippin. A set of golf clubs and then they say to Scott that was a nice thing for him to do for a rookie and he was like well no he just wanted to have a way to constantly take money off me <laughs> so we thought that if uh, he would get him to play golf with him then he was confident that he could just beat him constantly <laughs> you know I don't there can't be anyone out there who is under any illusions like all the stories over the years about him basically just just like breaking his breaking his teammates like yeah. just men- mentally breaking them until it's, it's, but I mean, it's, I, I mean, I wonder if you ask any of them because he says I might be an arsehole But I wonder if you ask any of the people who played them throughout those six championships if they've got any regrets. You can't, you can't, surely. You no, the more, like, what you see of the characters there, Steve Kerr being in the middle of it just gets funnier and funnier because he seems yeah. like such a nice bloke and he's just <laughs> in the middle of it. Does not belong. And they say here. to him, "What do you attribute this dynasty to?" And you. Comparing to others, and he's like, oh, "We'll be of Michael." <laughs> yeah, it's fair. I mean, well, that was if you like. I know it was a bit before my time, especially the time that I had any interest in basketball. But I mean, even when you look at it now and look into it, that was basically the media's reaction, wasn't it? The differences yeah. they've got Michael, like 
the rest of any the rest of that team. Have you but seen Scott- the meme with uh, the team, the general manager from the Bulls and the thing from Space Jam, the alien? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. head of the monsters, where it's like that quite blatantly was based on him from Literally the way was, it looks. It? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. No, I haven't seen it. You need to. I'm tempted to stay up for the next one just because Twitter looked like it was fire during it last night. Uh, what are they doing? Releasing one daily or? Um, weekly. So okay. they That's released two, two time, last night, and then it's weekly from then onwards oh, for I the next two uh, eight. Oh, I hope it's two each time. I thought it was, but I think I may have misread that. Well, let's hope so. But the question here then is, um, if we could give this kind of documentary, so looking deep in on any team in history, which one would we choose? Does anyone have one they'd want to jump out with? Uh, I thought in terms of, the first thing that came to my mind is over here, if you wanted to do a football team, I thought something like the Crazy Gang would just be just an incredible watch. <laughs> You'd just be watching that with all those different characters in there thinking, what is going on? If they had all access, I think it would be quite an eye-opener for people. Yeah, absolutely. Just make sure it's not one of them BT Sport ones. <laughs> they tried to get too deep. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there'd be much risk of that with them, in fairness. No, I can't. <laughs> No offence to him, but Billy, Vinny Jones and Wally Downs don't really strike me as a philosophical type. Yeah, don't, um, think, I, don't think the words mental health really meant a lot at that point. <laughs> no, back then they, they didn't. I mean, I don't. I was trying to think about this. This is. I'm not sure. Unfortunately, I've a little bit late notice, so I don't know if I've really got one. Um, everyone that's made been majorly successful in most sports have already been. It's already been done. Hasn't it? Well, there's there's one who I've not seen much on before, and I've I've read it I've read up on them a couple of times, and that's um the '86 Mets. And I was that was they, the only one that came into my head, but that's yeah they they've been labelled the craziest team in history, and there's an article which is what kind of put me onto them, um, and the headline is um the hell raising cocaine snort in '86 Mets, and it <laughs> documents um this plane journey they had after a big win. Yeah. And they said it was like a chartered flight with just them. And they said it started off with cake being served. And then just one person dropped some cake. And then they say within seconds, there was a T-bone steak being frisbeed around the plane. <laughs> and then people were just like <laughs> snorting coke off the, the arms of the chairs. And people were doing all sorts in the bathrooms with the air hostesses. And they just went mental. They said that it was 7,500 <laughs> in damages to the planes. Um, they, but back then, that was a lot more than 7,500 yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. And the wives and girlfriends were on board the planes, so they weren't used to kind of this level of wildness. And so half of them kind of got reeled in, and then the rest were just like overly disgusted. So it was even more carnage on there. Imagine yeah. just an entire team like that as well. Like, uh, normally you've got like a few Mavericks, whatever, but just everybody just going all in, no one on the handbrake. It's insane. Well, it I says mean, that I... there's a picture of like the, the, the girlfriends getting off the plane <laughs> after and they're all just covered in sick. <laughs> and they interviewed one of the members on the team. Sorry, Keenan. They interviewed um, one of the members from the team and uh, he just said, we were a bunch of vile fuckers and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> For some context, I'm pretty sure five or six of them ended up with like, ended up with heroin, being with heroin addictions. Christ. 
like the the stuff that they got up to apparently was just r- ridiculous. Like, like half of the outfield ended up ended up doing smack. So <laughs> says they were just eating raw steaks on the way to the airport just to get themselves hyped up for what was about to happen. <laughs> I'll just read um, it more as we go on. Jesus. The um, I reckon. Obviously, we're sort of saying we've, there's always been like a documentary done behind the teams that were successful. Um, but obviously, there was that um, polar opposite to the Man City doc on Amazon, uh, the Sunderland until I die. Um, and so like, yeah, seeing that from like the effectively a team on the decline, that was quite interesting to watch. Like, I'd love to have seen like a few of the real bad relegation situation scenes that we've had over recent years. Uh, to be to be brutally honest, obviously Tottenham had the Amazon one um, that was going it's, through. Um, they're still filming. Yeah, they're still filming now. Um, and they started filming in January, I'm pretty sure, or where, just about when towards the end of Potter's era. Um, and like, obviously, that's going to be interesting in itself, particularly to see Mourinho coming in, seeing what it's happens. Be sensational. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I, there's always been like. Um, Remember uh, back when he, Mourinho was at... To be fair, you could pretty much have a documentary with Mourinho at any point and it'd be interesting to watch. But um, back when he was at Inter, uh, right about the time when that uh, rivalry with Guardiola really started to blossom, obviously there's been documentaries done um, sort of from an external view of what was going on. But a real up-close-up behind-the-scenes look like inside what was going on in the change rooms, what was being said particularly in the uh, home leg for Inter, the infamous uh, we left blood on the field match, moments like that, seeing what happened uh, like in the um, in the tunnel, all that sort of stuff. I think that would have been really interesting to watch. Um, but then the only other one that I had was kind of linking back to an idea a few weeks back, sort of like the Olympic Village. Um, there isn't really any sort of coverage of what goes on inside the Olympic Village. That would just be porn. Well, that's the thing. Like, following some of the teams in the Olympic Village, um, and sort of from that perspective, uh, would be quite interesting. Um, I don't know how you do it in terms of maybe, you know, sort of focusing on maybe a few select groups from each country or focusing on a country setup as a whole. Um, like following a Jamaican team, for Christ's sake, is seeing what they get up to. Um, it'd probably be like an episode of Dirty Shaw. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they like the thing is though they 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 like bolt you know and all of those sort of they're they're not afraid to just go out and do what they want to do whereas they're they're not that I don't think a lot of them are going to go out of their way to be politically correct where you get like the you get like the the GB squad and it's all pretty much well regimented and yeah, some uh, Russians there yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, they've I'm already just... done a document. They already did a documentary about the Russian Olympic yeah. team. It was called. Uh, it was called. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, uh, we spoke about it the other week as well. Uh, Icarus, that's it. Icarus. Yeah. yeah. I've just carried on reading here. It says that multiple members of this team um, were having cocktails of coke and HGH, <laughs> <laughs> and then. They thought it was a good idea to send one of them to rehab, but when three of them ended up in there together, <laughs> and they just carried on what they were doing, just in rehab together. <laughs> Pits only <when it> left off. <laughs> so, 
So we got a wild bunch there. Anything else anyone's chipping before we call it a day? I think we've gone over an hour there, covered a lot of bases, and then uh, hopefully we do have some sport back in the foreseeable future. Well, uh, I've got what Alex said about like a. Right. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. Thing you said about like with a crisis club. Imagine if they'd been like constantly filming Leeds when it was all going down. <laughs> Imagine the absolute carnage you'd have there, just. The fire sale. On that documentary they filmed was when they had uh, Dan James there and then Swansea pulled the plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, what about like, uh, kind of like uh, a, obviously, a fall from, a fall from Grace. Uh, I say from Grace, he's never been really in Grace, but the decline, what happened with FIFA, uh, what was it, a couple of years ago now or more than that? The, the decline, like literally a behind the scenes look of what was actually going on in FIFA. Uh, with Set Blatter and all of that sort of stuff, just like the madness that was happening behind the scenes there, kind of like a, like an Icarus documentary, I suppose. Because we haven't really got we haven't really got much out of that, have we? Because it kind of just sort of fizzled out and went quiet. Um, there was never really any There's reason. For that. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think once that much money passed into the right hands, there was a lot lost all hope. Um, yeah. It would have been interesting just to see, like, just to have, not even wouldn't even have to be a documentation documentary. Just to see like some of the documents and some of the emails that were sent, just like just seeing what people were being offered and what were offering, would have been this amazing. Image of, like, Set Blatter in a sort of like David Brent role, just looking at the camera, like, <laughs> like a, a brown envelope getting past him. Like, what? <laughs> Set Set Blatter just using burner phones. Um, <laughs> the thing is though, the thing is though, it's like the standard's been set by Tiger King now. So it's kind of like it's, it's like unless he's unless there's some truly wild stuff that was happening behind the scenes, he's got a hard hard throne to to, to dismantle. Do you do you prefer seeing like excellence or just like things just crashing and burning when it comes to Crash documentaries? Yeah, see, I think that's most I think that's most people's I think that's most people's answer. But there is something about like documentaries about like just elite just elite levels where it's, this is ridiculous. Like this, the, doc, the documentary about Jack Nicholas um, and Arnold Palmer, the stuff like that, just people and Tiger before the whole, before he, he lost his mind for a little bit. <laughs> but like everything, just watching people and just how they get to that level. Something that's interesting about, about, about that. The um, Crash and Burn one is a bit Sunderland-esque, but the one that would have I'd like to have watched back in the day would have been Portsmouth. Yeah, just because yeah. everything seems everything seems to be going like on an upward trajectory, and then in the space of three months, they were that was off a cliff. QPR when they had the cash to spend would have been class. They did um they did a did something like that didn't they QPR? It was um the four year plan. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um with the I can't remember his name the Asian guy that bought them out yeah, Tony Tony something. Anders, yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah, um, they did. They did something. I think it was. I think it might be the four-year plan. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but I do remember it was when Redknapp was in charge, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I miss Harry Redknapp so much. Just going in, spunking a club's money and getting out. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just fiddling some of it off into that account in his dog's name. Never right? asking how Portsmouth for a Ford in like Sunny Montari. Like, oh, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> The story about it's... him getting rid of Benjan is amazing. Where he he, <laughs> yeah. he basically walks him onto the plane and he's like, I'd be all right, Benji, bye. 
<laughs> just locking the plane door behind him. All right, so, look, we've, got, we've got Jermaine Defoe landing in a couple of hours. You've got to go, sir. <laughs> Is the transfer window just not going to be the same without him rolling up into the rolling up at the uh, rolling into the car park in a Range Rover with the window down? It's just not the same. Uh, maybe yeah, he'll go full Brent and still do it. People will say you got to go. You're not in the office anymore. <laughs> Just outside his on his drive. Sandra, get a cup of tea in. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. So thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. Thanks to Keenan for coming on at late notice. We'll be back next week, as always. Should have another dropping maybe tomorrow, actually. I think I've got the major tied down, so we might have his return locked in. But anyway, thanks again. We'll be back. Stay safe. Goodbye.